find out what's making you sick and how to heal. Anthony William is the medical medium. Hello, I'm Anthony William, and you're listening to the Medical Medium Radio Show, where each week I talk about the most advanced healing information and secrets about health, much of which is not found anywhere else and is decades ahead of what's out there now. And I've recently been seeing that it's been upsetting a few professionals out there, the fact that the information's advanced and the information is ahead of the time, and it makes certain people feel uncomfortable. It's the last thing I want to happen or um, to get anybody stirred up. That's not it. Although stirring the pot gets people to think and it gets people to move forward in different ways, but still at the same time, you know, when practitioners and healers and doctors, doctors, especially doctors, and they go, whether it's alternative or conventional, they go to medical school, they go in because they want to save the world. They want to save people. They want to discover something. They want to know what's causing cancer. They want to know what's causing a disease, what's causing an illness. And that means it's so much. It's incredible. you know. And they go in with compassion. And they go in because they, in their heart and soul, they want to help someone. And they want to have those answers. And that's what's amazing about the health field. And the most incredible part of it of the journey in in and in people's souls and in their hearts. And so, you know, I mean, over the years I've run across some some amazing professionals in the health realm that that want to hear the information I have to offer. They want to hear it because they they know they've been around the block long enough. They've been there long enough whether they struggled with their own illness and couldn't find an answer or they they just want answers no matter what or where or how the source is. They want to know what's going on for their patients. And then I've come across, you know, some some different professionals that, hey, if it's not in a textbook somewhere, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to know. And that's too bad. It's really sad because you got to keep an open mind. You got to keep, you know, belief systems, you know, on what I call like neutral the best you can. Because the information that comes from spirit that that I've been given the gift to offer is information to consider and truly consider, uh, you know. And and I'm not saying hey, it's the end all or anything. Someone said to me, "Well, you got all the answers. You got all the answers, Mister Big Shot." And that's not it at all. I don't have any answers. It's spirit giving me the information. I'm the messenger. I'm the voice also for people who have struggled and suffered for years and decades with no answers and no direction. And that's frightening right there, not having the right answers or having a diagnosis that's, you know, not even the right diagnosis or a label that isn't even correct or an understanding. I mean, you guys know, if you've listened to the show, you've heard enough shows to know there's so much going on underneath these labels and these mystery illnesses. And chronic and mystery illness is so out of control. It's getting out of control more and more rapidly and rampantly. So for... A professional to, or professionals to, you know, put a blind eye to information or think it's not a credible source is really a disservice to patients and other people. And like I said, I know so many doctors and professionals that want information and they don't care. They want to hear it. They want to understand it. They want to know and they want to, they want to level that against the information they've learned and they want to equate it or equalize it or neutralize it so they can find answers because 
when it comes to healing, the miraculous healing process of the human body, no one really has their finger on that part because the because it, it has a lot to do with God. It has a lot to do with human nature. It has a lot to do with so many different facets. And so basically what I'm trying to say is, yes, the information is ahead of the time on the show. And it is, much of it's not found anywhere else. But if you are a professional and you just logged on and this is the first time, just sit back. Hey, if you want to giggle, giggle. If you want to say, aha, that's an aha moment, say an aha moment. But sit back, relax, enjoy the show, get as much information as you can for your patients and so forth, and 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 move on forward from there. And look, and the show, I've always said the show is, and everything I do is for the person who's not even a practitioner. It's a, for the person to become their own expert. It's for the person to become an expert and know more also than no more than many people or many practitioners out there. So it's about making sure everybody's armed and everybody's armed with the power of information, the shield of information, the armor of information from a source that was given to me since age four. And, um, and someone said, how is it possible you have so much information? You put it out on blogs. You write articles constantly. You have it in your books. It's never ending. And it's, and it's all, it's like brand new coming off the shelf and never been anywhere else. The only way that's possible. And, and someone also said, well, it, how do you store all that in your head? I don't. It comes streaming through from spirit. And that's the gift. And that's why the books are coming out. and They're going to keep on coming out. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. But the deal is for you to be that expert, okay? So I'm a voice and a messenger from spirit giving, you know, giving that, those messages to you so you can become that expert, so you can heal. And I'm also the voice for the people who have never been heard, who suffered their whole lives with no answers, 30 years going by with fatigue and multiple sclerosis and, and, and God knows what else is they've, they've been labeled or dealing with and neurological problems and everything else, depression, anxiety that never goes away. I've been the voice for people so they get answers, so they can get help. And so you can be that voice too. And we can join together and really and really make a difference in the world. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be here during the show. Today's show is about food poisoning. Food poisoning. Have you ever had food poisoning? Have you had that before? I have. <laughs> I've had it before when I was a child one time. I talked about it a little bit. I talked about a couple of lines about it in my, my first book, Medical Medium. But food poisoning is rampant. Yes, it's out there. It's everywhere. We have to be careful. There's a lot you can understand to avoid it. Why would you want to avoid food poisoning? Because it has killed a lot of people. It has ended a lot of lives for a lot of people and also injured and wounded a lot of people as well along the way, where they've been wounded and injured permanently, permanently. So yes, we want to be careful. We want to look out with food poisoning. So today's show is about, you know, arming yourself with the truth about food poisoning in all kinds of different ways. That's what we're going to cover today. Check out the Life-Changing Foods book since we're talking about foods. <laughs> Check out the Life-Changing Foods book, okay? Um, you know, it's packed with information. That one is packed with information. You know, I did everything I could to make sure that thing was just lock, stock, and barrel packed. So please, please check it out if you can. 
Um, healing path, download the healing path as well. Go to medicalmedium.com. You can download the healing path for free. What is the healing path? It, the healing path is like a 19 episode course thing that's for free, free, free. It's it's audios of me walking you through all kinds of aspects of health so you can heal. I mean, I talk about freedom in there. I talk about creativity in there. I talk about, you know, um, everything that can help you and aid in your healing. I talk about foods. Just Just get it for free. There's no gimmicks with it. Just download it and you got it and start listening. Start listening. And um, and take it seriously. Just because it's free doesn't mean you don't take it seriously because it's serious. It's real serious. So make sure you do that. So let's go into the show. Let, let's hit it. Let's get right into it. Food poisoning. Um, You know, there's a lot of people, all you have to do is just mention the word food poisoning. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I kind of aware of that. And they might be one of the wounded soldiers along the way that have been injured from food poisoning or really hit hard from it. So what, what can we do to prevent it? We're going to hit all aspects. First of all, it's important to understand that I'm not going to make fun of any diet belief system in this episode but I am going to talk a little bit more about meat eating and chicken eating and turkey eating and pork eating. Not in the negative way like, hey, you should, well, you shouldn't eat pork. That, that part I'll definitely say. Just no one should be eating pork. I don't care who it is. Just saying. No, there's no healthy bacon. Now, I realize that one of the listeners out there, two or three or ten of them, for all I know, could be raising their own, their own pigs. And 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 raising them in the best way, and that's amazing. So if you are gonna have if you are gonna have bacon, and it's your own pig you're raising, and that's the and that's what you do, I, I support it. Okay, I do. It just don't eat a lot of it. <laughs> don't eat a lot of it. Don't have it every day. Keep it in the freezer or something. You know, uh, longer term, stretch it out more, just so you don't you know burden down the liver and the pancreas and everything else. Because no matter what, pork is still high fat, even the the white meat of pork. So, okay, so back on to this. I'm not going to be ripping in to, you know, a belief system. If you like animal products, I support you. And I'm going to support you on how to protect yourself. How to protect yourself. That's what I'm going to do. And if you're a vegetarian or a vegan or whatever, or just eat fish, I'm going to support you to protect yourself. Because you have to be protected there, too, when it comes down to food poisoning, believe it or not. Because we go into restaurants, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you go into a restaurant, you can go into a restaurant, and and uh, what happens is in that restaurant, um, you could be having a salad or something or, or, or so forth, and that salad could have been contaminated. It could have been, you know, that salad could have been um, um, cross-contaminated with something else in there, in, in, in the restaurant, in the kitchen, the restaurant. I'm going to go deep into that in a little bit. So... So let's let's rip into this. Let's do this. So on meats and chickens and fishes, that's where we have to worry pretty much the most is how we're preparing meat and chicken. You know this. If you eat chicken that's raw, what can happen? You can die. Yeah, you can die. Not just get sick, but but die. Lose a life. You know, there's so many people who undercook a turkey for Thanksgiving. The hospitals are filled 
with sick people that have had underdone turkey in during Thanksgiving. There are hundreds and hundreds, actually thousands of food poisoning turkey dinner cases in the hospitals and ERs across the country during Thanksgiving. So, so what we have to understand is why is that? How is that happening? What's going on with that? What, what makes that happen? Well, so, so we need to be safe, bottom line, bottom line. So, you know, I talk to doctors a lot and, and over the years and have a lot of doctor friends and, and they've seen people die from food poisoning. Like, it's no joke. When you talk to a, a, a doctor who's been who's seen it or is aware of it, he or she will have a look on their face and say, it's, it's, it's almost like the most, most sad death because it could, A, could have been avoided maybe, B, there's so many other things we can die from that food poisoning really, it shouldn't be on the list because this is food safety. This is food. This is food we're eating. This is our lives. This is what we're doing. So, okay, so what do we do when we're making food at home? And we're going to hit restaurants too. This is important. So what, what, what are we doing when we're making food at home? Well, first of all, you have to make sure that your hands, and you will probably already know this, many of you, if you're taking chicken out of a package, touching the package itself is already a problem right there. That means when you touch that package, your hands already have bacteria on it. And I'm not just talking about salmonella. In the packages in the grocery store, chicken and meat of all kinds, there's C. diff and some, sorry, there's C. diff and MRSA all over the outside of packages at the grocery store. That's number one right there. So there's bacteria loaded on the outside of every one of those wrapped packages. So when you're just grabbing the package and you're like, oh, honey, hey, and you take it out of the refrigerator, we're going to have chicken tonight, and you put it down, you put it down on the counter, now your hand is a weapon that can actually injure your children. Right there, right there. So you have to go and wash your hands right there, right after you touch that package or after you opened it up. You got to make sure you always have a clean hand when you touch your knife, the handle of your knife, or your handle will have bacteria from when it was dirty. So if you take a package out of the refrigerator, honey, would you like chicken tonight? Then what do the kids want? And you put that chicken on the counter, okay? And now you grab the knife to open up the package, to cut the package open, your hand now after touching the package, touch the handle of the knife, and you put the knife down, you open up the package, and whether you wash your hands or not, your handle on your knife could have the bacteria on it. Now, is this being more? Is this being phobic? Is this is that what this? No, it's not. Trust me, it's not. It's being big time safe, big time safe. I've seen a lot of food poisoning cases in my day, in the thirty plus years and more, and even before that, and so. So that's one thing to always be concerned about. So what do you do? You can do a couple of things. You can purchase those nitrile gloves, those blue nitrile gloves, you know, the ones you see um, at different places and stuff. You know, the ones where they pat you down at the, uh, or you see, you see not, they pat you down at the airport if you don't want to go through the scanner or they have the nitrile gloves at the airport. Everybody's wearing them when they're looking at your ID, when you're walking through, whatever it is, those nitrile gloves. And you see them at the dentist office. You see them everywhere now. So, so you can wear those, 
until your chicken is out into wherever you're going to be start preparing it or making it and then tear, tear the gloves off and you got instant clean hands. You, <clears throat> you, that's one way of doing it. You can, you know, change your knife if you know your knife was contaminated in different ways. The handle of the knife was contaminated. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. Okay, rinsing off your chicken in the, in the sink is a common thing we do. The problem is with that is you just rinsed all this dangerous bacteria in the sink. And it's just sitting there right off the chicken. And, and what happens is then you go watch washing an orange or washing a, some lettuce in the sink and the lettuce falls in or touches the side of the sink and you forget. And that lettuce touching the side of the sink could have picked up some of that bacteria from rinsing the chicken off first. So there's so many things to be concerned about <clears throat> and to be worried about. And we have to be careful. And here's the other thing. If you put chicken in a plate, that's raw and you didn't cook it yet and it's in a plate that's raw that plate that plate's done after you start frying that chicken or start broiling that chicken or start doing what you want to do if that chicken was raw in a plate that plate's done that means that plate goes somewhere it goes in the dishwasher it goes in the sink wherever it goes but it goes somewhere because you can't put that cooked chicken, once that chicken's cooked, I've seen people put that cooked chicken right on top of that same plate where the raw chicken sat. Same thing with meats. I've seen people have the raw steak, the steak on a plate. They go to the barbecue in the back or the grill in the back, okay? They, you know, lift that steak off that plate. There's raw juices on that plate. Throw that steak on the burner, on the grill, whatever it is in the backyard. <clears throat> They're cooking that steak and then when that steak's done, they throw it right back on the plate with the juices. Bam, instant food poisoning possibilities. And it's a, it's a luck of the draw. It's Russian roulette. Russian roulette with your lives. So, hey, that's, that, that, once that steak was on that plate, that, that's done. That's over with right there. Once that's, you know, once that's been on there, that's over with. So you move that over. So, so, and you get a new plate and you put that cooked steak on that new plate. But that's not where it all stops. Barbecuing with the sauces, you got the brush sticking in the sauces. And then you're, you're, you're glazing the raw meat with that sauce. So you got the sauce brush and you're glazing your ribs. You're glazing your steak. You're glazing whatever it is. Your pork chops, whatever it is you got cooking, you're glazing with some kind of sauce. Well, as that brush is rubbing on that raw meat, raw pork, raw chicken, whatever it may be, it's just pulling bacteria off right into that sauce, and you put it right back in your big, your big dish of fresh sauce over there. And the problem is with that is a lot of people stick their finger in the sauce, they, they taste it after that, boom, food poisoning. Also, another thing that happens, what they do is right after it's been cooked, right after the pork's been cooked, the meat's been cooked, the chicken's been cooked, they stick more sauce on it at the end, which isn't getting cooked now because it's going on top. It's glazing on top after it already did on the raw meat, chicken, or pork beforehand. You see, you know, you see how it works. So food poisoning is really easy to get. And what can food poisoning do? Well, it's a lot of different strains of E. coli. 
rip right through your guts, break into your gallbladder, explode it. People lose their gallbladders all the time, run down to the appendix, get you an appendix operation. A lot of confusion happens at the doctor's office or at the ER. They don't know what's wrong. Um, they don't know if it's food poisoning or not while you're in agony and vomiting and diarrhea. They don't know. They just wait. You just wait it out. And the problem is that the ER is not a lot they can do, but just stick an IV in you to keep you from dying from dehydration and hopes that your vomiting eases off and the diarrhea eases off. And because I know for a fact by, by knowing so many professionals and so many doctors and being friends with many good doctors over the years, I know for a fact that, and ER doctors, emergency room doctors, hospital doctors, I know for a fact that when people have food poisoning, it's a matter of time and chance and luck. And doctors know that. When you're sitting your butt in a hospital in a hospital bed, and you've just vomited for two straight days and had diarrhea for two straight days, including maybe some blood involved, or maybe none of that, just pain. And you're in the hospital for two days on an IV. They all wait it out, and they all look at each other like, is this person going to make it or not? That's how serious food poisoning is. So at the same time, you know, you can heal, and you can get past that as well. At the same time, there's things you could do that we're going to talk about that up your game so you don't end up in trouble, so you don't end up in that waiting game. So if you do get food poisoning, no big deal. You vomit for a bit, you have diarrhea for a bit, but it's not going to take you out because we're going to prepare you with some options to make sure that you're not in that situation where you're in a hospital and doctors looking at each other after you've been sitting there for five days on IV with no ability of putting food down or water down the pike. And so we're going to make sure that we, we prepare you the best you can, the best we can in any way possible so that it's, you get food poisoning, it doesn't take you out. And it, maybe, maybe you throw up a couple of times and that's it. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, but we're going to, we're going to help you in every way to, to, to look out for your family, your friends. It's not about fear. It's not about scaring you. It's about protecting you. It matters. I've protected a lot of people over the years and it mattered. And it protected their lives. When they got food poisoning, they weren't scared because they knew options. They knew how to handle it. They knew how to deal with it. They knew what to do. And so all this matters. Um, so, okay, let's go, let's go back into contamination a little bit. So you have to worry about that cross-contamination, putting that steak back on that plate, that there's juices in that plate. You know, using that big fork that went and put the steak on, off the plate onto the grill and then when the steak was done taking that fork jamming it into that steak and, and 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 running new bacteria in it and putting it back on that plate all these things we have to consider every last bit of it now i know this makes it hard and not enjoyable as much so when you're cooking hamburgers on a grill you might be like well you know Anthony scared the bedickens out of me so much. It's not, I'm taking the enjoyment out of my 4th of July cookout. That's not, <laughs> you know, that's not what I'm trying to do, but it, it, could, it could spook you a little bit. But once again, it's important to understand how all of this works. So contamination, chicken in the kitchen. Yeah, we want to make sure that you clean your surfaces. The cutting board factor happens all the time. People put raw chicken right on the cutting board. And they're, they're slicing it or cutting it there or filleting it or whatever. I mean, opening it up and doing some kind of stuffed, stuffed um, breast. And they're, they're preparing it on the cutting board. And all that raw chicken's all over the cutting board. You got to make sure that you wash that cutting board off good. 
You can't just throw it in the, in the sink and give it a quick rinse. I would have another cutting board nearby. So if you, you're pretty much done with that cutting board, I'll just move it, you know, move it over, make sure it's nowhere to be found, make sure it's in the, in the, you know, on a different counter or something like that, put a new cutting board down so that if you know you, whatever you're doing, whether it's plates or whatever, I mean, you remember if chicken juices are on the counter or on a cutting board and you put a clean plate on top of that cutting board or that counter, the bottom of the plate has possibility of some, some dangerous bacteria at the bottom of the plate. So even when you put that cooked food, that cooked chicken right off the, right off the pan, right on top of that new plate. And then you stick your hand underneath that plate to serve someone you got now that raw chicken on your hand it's so easy in so many ways to get this stuff around so okay if you're not perfect at any of this fine but at least you're more aware of it maybe and that's the key too you got to be more aware of it. Make sure, oh, wait, did I just use that fork in this raw chicken and I forgot and I put it to the side and now I'm giving one of my guests that fork at the table? You know, it's everything, everything matters. Why does it matter? Because the animal products can kill us. They can kill us. Now, I know there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of vegan doctors out there and stuff that say, yeah, well, it can kill us because it can clog your arteries and it could... It can, uh, you know, it could do this, it can do that, it can give you heart attacks, it can make your cholesterol go up, and sure, 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 sure. I'm talking about it can kill you. It can kill you. You eat raw chicken, you can die. You eat raw turkey, you can die. And, you know, you eat raw steak, you can die. Never do raw steak tartare. Never do anything tartare. Never do anything raw. Don't even do raw fish, whatever you do. Make sure it's cooked. You like fish? You cook it. You cook it. You know, I worked on a boat a long, long time ago for fun and uh, to get some fresh air and go out, a, go, out, go out on a fishing boat. And I, I, you know, did that to help out a friend and, and so forth and everything. And when I was out there, I saw a worm that, that came out of a fish. It came out of a fish. The worm stretched six feet long, six feet long, this worm. And that worm used to be a tiny egg inside the fish. You don't want, and this is a wild fish. You don't want, and, and, you know, and, and I, pull, I, I grabbed that worm and I stretched it out. It was six feet long and it was alive and it was squirming. And it was a worm that was inside a fish. You know, when the fish was cut open, the worm popped out. And so you don't want to eat raw fish. If you're big into sushi, I just, I'm just, I just would say no. I would say, first of all, you're not supposed to be doing tuna anyway. Tuna is really not a good thing. Maybe you could do salmon sushi, but still, you always have the possibility of getting a couple of eggs in you from, you know, from some worms. But you want your salmon cooked, you want your fish cooked, and you want to apply similar laws where you don't want cross contamination where you want to be careful with that cross-contamination. You want to be you in know, fish juices that are on the counter or on the plate, whatever it may be. It's important. Now, look, grass-fed beef, free-range chicken, has less bacterial possibilities than factory-farmed meat and chicken and turkey and so forth. And we know that. You guys know that. I'm sure you do. That's what's amazing about, you know, grass-fed beef and everything else. 
that it is, especially from small sources, small farms, but even small farms have to ship. They have to ship their cattle to a small factory. And the small factory could have different things running through it and so forth. I don't think in a lot of states it's legal for a very small farm, you know, doing their grass-fed beef and growing their, growing their cows and, and slaughtering, on, slaughtering them on site. Um, I don't think that's allowed in a lot of places. They have to ship them. I mean, they have to send them to the old factory. So even though they raised them and it's high-quality grass-fed beef, they have to ship them to a factory. And that factory could be more wholesome, more free-range, more grass-fed in the sense of its nature of the factory and everything around it. But I've seen situations where the factories weren't really like that, and they're running through a lot of different business. And, okay, sure, here's the grass-fed beef stuff coming in, but what was before that was grain-fed. And so there's possibilities for cross-contamination, even in the best circumstances of grass-fed and free-range. Now, once again, once again, just so no one's angered, no one's upset, doesn't mean I don't support anybody who's who thinks that meat's good or doesn't or a belief system or they love grass-fed beef, whatever. It doesn't mean I don't support all that. That's not about it. That's about making sure that you're protected. That's that's what I care about no matter what. Um, and it covers every part of the aspects that we talk about in all the different episodes. So, But there is less contamination with grass-fed beef Free-range chicken, there's less possibilities for dangerous strains of salmonella, dangerous strains of E. coli, and so forth. So all the different, you know, bugs and varieties of bugs that we worry about. And and so that matters, but it doesn't mean it's not still dangerous and the possibilities aren't still dangerous. So we have to understand that. Conventional eggs, the outside of conventional eggs are loaded with bacteria. Loaded. Salmonella on the outside of conventional eggs, you know, unconventional eggs, free range eggs, they don't have that on the outside of the eggs. It's rare to none. So that's an example of, of, of how much better it can get. Just, you know, I always say don't eat the eggs if you're viral, you get neurological problems, if you got been diagnosed with any kind of autoimmune, whatever it is, I always say don't do the eggs anyway. We know that. So, all right. <laughs> so we're getting out of the kitchen tricks the whole bit and, and kitchen tricks, meaning being cautious, the way you're plating things, that the knives are sticking in food, making sure that it, that wasn't the knife going into raw meat and then sitting there and being used again. You name it, we're being cautious on all of that. So let's go into restaurants. Let's go into restaurants. This is important. This is really important. Restaurants, it's, it's, it's hell in those kitchens. I'm just going to tell you right now. What I mean by hell in those kitchens, the pressure is is uh, insurmountable in kitchens for on the cooks and the chefs. The pressure is unbelievable. The pressure, and I've talked about this with Epstein bars and stuff. A lot of chefs cut their fingers daily in kitchens, whether it's a slight cut, a mild cut, or an old cut that's still bleeding on and off from being banged around with pots and pans. The cuts happen all the time. There's a lot of Band-Aids on chefs in the kitchens. They do throw gloves on when they get cut, okay? But then, you know, that glove, after a day, they take the glove off. The cut's still kind of there. It's still seeping. That happens all the time. And it, when it regards to Epstein-Barr, that's an easy way to catch Epstein-Barr or a new Epstein-Barr or someone's Epstein-Barr. So I'm going to talk about what to do to protect yourself on that level. But food poisoning, 
my God, that one right there for kitchens is really what we need to look at is the most important of all. Because in kitchens, they wash all that lettuce in the sinks they wash chicken. I mean, it's unbelievable what happens. Countertops, surfaces are never washed good enough. There's all kinds of things interchanging constantly. You can be getting a vegetarian dish that's in a chicken restaurant or a meat-serving restaurant, and you can be getting a vegetarian dish because you want vegetarian. And that pan could literally have been splashed by chicken going into the pan next to it, raw chicken going into the pan next to it for somebody else's dinner. Here's what I recommend. I recommend that if, if, first of all, if you're a meat eater, chicken eater, whatever, and the whole bit, animal product eater, and, you know, it doesn't matter what restaurant you eat in, in, in a sense, okay? Well, unless it's a fast food restaurant with fried food and everything else, that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Getting in a good restaurant, a, a, a decent restaurant. If you're a vegan, vegetarian, you know, plant-based person, don't ever eat in an animal product serving restaurant. Then you can really protect yourself. But okay, say you have no choice as a plant-based person and you have to go out with family and friends and they also serve chicken and whatever there. So on fish. So never eat raw ever in a restaurant as a plant-based person that's serving chicken or meat or anything else. This is critical to know because you're going to get your raw salad, but your raw salad was made by somebody with bare hands that just held a chicken because they're under so much pressure. There's no rules. It is literally like, it's like Mad Max. It's like, there's no rules. It's like escape from New York or whatever. You know, we're talking about it's, you know, the old movies. There's no rules in those kitchens. When, when stuff's flying, everything, and maybe there are a couple of kitchens that have it down pat, but there's a couple of kitchens, sure, but there's hundreds and hundreds of kitchens where it's all about get this ready, get this done, people want this now, um, short-staffed, high pressure, you name it. So if you're plant-based, you never eat a salad or anything raw in a animal product restaurant unless you ordered a avocado, but they didn't cut it open. You cut it open at your table. You cut it open. Say, do you have an avocado here? Bring me an avocado. Bring me a couple of avocados. And you cut them open right there. And you scoop them out on top of your plate. That's just an example. That's one way of eating out there. But hey, that's no fun. I get it. So what you do is you order cooked. So if you're plant-based, for example, if you're plant-based and vegetarian and so forth, you want to order cooked. There's no question it has to be cooked, but that's not all. It has to come hot. It has to come hot. You can order a cooked dish. They might have a couscous dish or something or a quinoa dish in a restaurant, fancy restaurant that's also serving all kinds of animal products, but that quinoa dish has been cold sitting in the refrigerator. It was already pre-made a day before, okay? And they say, oh, this this numbskull wants uh, this numbskull's a plant-based person, and they want they want now the quinoa dish they're picking. Let's we can't make fresh quinoa right now. Let's pull the the pre-made quinoa dish out of the fridge. It was sitting right next to all the chickens and and, and raw chickens and raw meats. Let's just warm it up really quick in the microwave, or we'll warm it up in the pan really quick, and it's it's right there on the pan. And a lot of times it doesn't get heated all the way through. 
Then in restaurants, they have sauces, lots of sauces and squeezy bottles. There's so much cross-contamination in all the squeezy bottles in restaurants, high-quality restaurants, of all kinds of levels of salmonella and bacteria and E. coli sitting in those squeezy bottles because the sauces are prepared around raw chicken and raw meats all the time and people's hands are dirty and they're just, they're just you know, putting it all in those containers, the squeezy bottles, and you get your quinoa dish right out, right? Even if it came out hot, in that moment, after he heated it up or she heated it up, the chef did, then they squirt cold or lukewarm, unheated sauce right on top of that and bring it to you. So here's the deal. You know, tell them you want no sauces put on top afterwards if you can. Tell them you want it hot. You want the plate hot. You want the dish hot. If it comes lukewarm, you send it back in a nice way because you don't want to get anybody upset in restaurants. That's another thing I learned too, okay? <laughs> you don't want to get anybody upset. You don't know who really is got an ax to grind or whatever, and <laughs> you don't know what can happen to your dish if you piss off someone. So um, that's just a fact. I'm just telling you right now. So the deal is, is that and where did I where did I even get that information from having so many clients who worked in the restaurant business in all kinds of different ways so many hundreds of clients over the years over the last 3 decades and I've heard stories I just yeah, couldn't even repeat so the point is is in a nice way you get your plate brought back hot you don't want them to redo it you just want it hot and so it kills off everything everything so if you're vegan vegetarian you do that all right, that's that's one way of doing it. If you're if you're animal product based, you still want it to come back hot too, just in case. But you not only want that, you don't want anything rare. You don't want your meat rare. It's one thing you have to always understand. I don't care. You've been eating rare meat with no problems. You've never had food poisoning. You've been doing great for 20 years in your life, 30 years. You've been eating meat rare at your favorite restaurant. There's always that day. There's always that day. I've witnessed it out there in the world. You make sure your burger, whatever it is you're doing, grass-fed burger or just, just plain old USDA crap burger, whatever it is, you just make sure it's well done. Okay, at least medium, at least medium, you know, to well done or medium, the, the, the least. Never want it rare. So you can be protected in restaurants. That's important. For both meat eaters and vegans, vegetarians, plant-based, whatever, you have to use lemon. Ask in your restaurants, can you bring me lemons? Bring me a lemon. Bring me a cut lemon or cut it yourself. Bring me a lemon. And you... The good thing is if they cut a lemon for you, the lemon should kill off a lot of the bacteria that could have been on a knife, but you squeeze lemon on everything because the lemon will go on top of your food, but also it'll go inside of you or a lemon water or something, you know, there. Lemon is a great antiseptic. It's incredible. It really helps killing off. So if you, for some reason, you ordered a salad and you're at a... You know, you're at a meat-eating restaurant with family and you ordered a salad. Get a lemon, squeeze it all over the salad, make sure that lemon juice is on there. And maybe even a pinch of salt if they can bring you some fresh salt, like a sea salt. If they have a high-quality salt at the restaurant, you put a little sea salt on there, there's a good chance it can help kill off bacteria. So keep in mind that there's a lot of things you can do to protect yourself. 
Okay, sure, you might go into a restaurant thinking much differently now. And and you got me to think in maybe a bad way because now I just ruined your fun. But <laughs> but here's the thing. Don't, don't let it ruin your fun. Just realize you're armed. It matters. You're armed. You know, when I was a child, when I was a child, you know, against Spirit's advice, I chose something in a restaurant um, that I wanted. I didn't care what Spirit said. I wanted it. You know, and, and I was with family. I was uh, eight, nine years old. And uh, we went out. And I almost died. Almost died. Spirit told me not to choose to take the choice. But, you know, when you're eight, nine years old, and you're, you get tired of hearing from Spirit. You get tired. If anybody's read the first book, you, you'll know. You'll know. If you read the first book, you read the first chapter, Origins of the Medical Medium. And so, you know, I just said, hey, I want what I want. That's what I, I don't care. I don't want to hear Spirit on this one. This, I'm out with family. I'm out. I'm happy. I want to have what makes me happy. And so, you know, I ordered something and it nearly killed me. It was agonizing, absolutely agonizing. And there was nothing anybody can do. You go to the ER, there's nothing they can do. They just look at you, look at you. If you're in that much agony or in that much pain, they just, there's nothing they can do with food poisoning. They just think you can stay there or go home in that kind of agony. And, but if you go home and you get dehydrated, that's a problem too. So you stay in the hospital and you get you hooked up to IV you know, and, and that's the most they can do. And that agonizing pain from E. coli or any kind of bug wrenching into the linings of the colon, wrenching into the linings of an organ is brutal. And so it's no joke. And I got away from it. I got lucky. You know, I was still sick for weeks. And it wasn't until Spirit said, look, you have to get pears from your great grandfather's tree and you have to eat just pears only and only pears. And I recovered rapidly because of it. You know, I had spirit to, to thank for that, of course, to be there, but spirit gets mad at me many times. And someone said, well, how can spirit get mad? Spirit's supposed to be the source. No, spirit gets, spirit gets upset with me. Absolutely. Spirit knows that, hey, I made the choice against Spirit. Spirit wasn't pleased at all. And then Spirit had to get me out of it and yank me and pull me out of it. And yeah, yeah. And so with this, just know that we can get sick. I've seen hundreds of cases over the years, people in some dire, dire situations. So we're going to go into another part of, of, of talking about this so we can figure it out. So let's talk about other safety measures that matter. Garlic and food. Garlic and food's really important. So say you're just, you know, say you love animal products, but you also like a salad too, and you're in that restaurant. And, you know, I don't recommend doing a salad. I'd recommend all your food being cooked in that restaurant, like I said earlier, and and, and asking for the plates to come hot. And so, um, and, and by the way, in restaurants, it happens all the time, is the juices from a raw steak are still on a plate. And in restaurants, they actually take the steak off the grill or whatever it is in the restaurant or out of the oven or out of the broiler or whatever it is, and they put it, they put it right on that, that, that plate with the raw juices still there underneath the steak. So that's really common practice. So that's why you want it coming back hot. Um, the plate hot, too, if you can. But another safety measure is garlic. Garlic 
on your salads, garlic on your food, garlic in your dishes. If you order that quinoa dish, garlic involved in there anywhere, whether it's cooked raw, very helpful. Raw garlic's best, but it's a safety measure to make sure that in your stomach, if you have bacteria in there percolating with everything else that's in your stomach, if you garlic in there, garlic's so powerful that it just will spread through the entire stomach, killing off bacteria. So that's a great safety measure for when you're eating out. Um, another safety measure, before you eat out, oregano capsule. Take an oregano capsule. Take one. It's all you need is one. And you literally, it could mean saving you from food poisoning. So, hey, going to go out to lunch uh, with everybody or whatever it is, have an oregano capsule before you go out to lunch. That oregano capsule will open up. It'll be in your stomach, nice and ready. Food will go down. It'll disperse all around the food. Very helpful. Becomes a safety barrier. So salmonella and E. coli can't run amok and start going, becoming really unruly. And because it'll run right into that oregano oil. So that's a secret weapon. So I want you guys to focus on that if you can. Um, so the oregano, uh, the oregano is important. Um, time, time on your food. But it's hard. Restaurants, you know, you ask for some time. That's a tough one. What can you do? You know, that, that's, a, that's a harder one to, to uh, do. But peppermint, believe it or not, peppermint tea is always in restaurants. Peppermint tea is antibacterial. It's antibacterial. It's not really antiviral too much, but it's antibacterial, which just reminded me. So the whole thing, the reason why you want your plates coming back hot, your food coming back hot, in case the chef does have a cut finger that they've been kind of nursing and it's been seeping over time and getting into different food and everything else, just in case the chef has mononucleosis, doesn't know it, and is sweating, drip, dripping sweat into your food. That's another thing too. Because if the, when, the, when the chefs are sweating profusely and it's dropping in all your food right there over the fire, that, though, that sweat will probably get heated up and burned up as they're preparing your food. But it's the sweat that's still coming off the chef when the food's been pulled off the griddle and put into your plate and he's prepping the plate with that little bit of little bit of cilantro they put on top and a cute little sauce they put. Remember those sauces? Look out for them sauces. They put that sauce, that ring of sauce around your plate. And and uh, which, by the way, needs to be heated up. That plate needs to be hot because the sweat dripping off the chef dropping into your food. And if it's not hot enough, you can be set up for mononucleosis, a new, a new variety. And God knows we got enough varieties out there. We talk about that in all the different shows. So so that's something to be concerned. That's why your food has to come back hot. Always remember that. But the safety measure of oregano oil is incredible. Peppermint tea at the restaurant, great for antibacterial. You could sip a little bit of peppermint tea before your food comes, sip it after your food comes. It's a secret weapon. In fact, it's people do that anyway without realizing it, and it stops food poisoning cases. And they didn't even know it. They got off scot-free without realizing it because they had garlic in their food, because they had some peppermint tea. But I really like the oregano capsules. Um, that's, that's a big deal. So here's the deal. You get sick, you get food poisoning, you're vomiting, you got diarrhea. There's not much you can do, but you can try to sip coconut water. Coconut water, a little bit of coconut water mixed with regular water. 
it's a secret weapon to try to get hydrated as quick as possible. It could even be in a bottle of coconut water, can coconut water, and you put a little bit of coconut water in with regular water and sip it in between bouts of vomiting, bouts of diarrhea. No vomiting anymore, and you just have diarrhea and gut pain, sipping the coconut water. Very important. Getting little sips in if you can, if your tummy can feel like it can handle it and hold it down. Lemon water. Squeeze the lemon in water and sipping little bits of lemon water in between it all. You might not have a bad case of it. Your body might be cleaning up. It might not be a, a bad kind of E. coli. It might not be a bad kind of salmonella. It might not be a bad, you know, um, <clears throat> um, version of another of bacteria. But you you can do the lemon water sipping in between the coconut water sipping in between ginger water. Ginger tea in, in restaurants. Um, regular conventional restaurants that serve uh, salads, meat, whatever, you know, plant-based options and, you know, regular meat-eating options often carry ginger tea lately. So, you know, you can call ahead and say, what kind of herbal teas? You could bring your own tea bags. Never feel uncomfortable to bring your own secret weapons to restaurants. You can really protect yourself. So it's not about being in fear. It's about being armed, like I said before. This is critical information. You bring it, you bring your ginger tea bags. Put it in your purse. Put it in your wallet. I don't know if it goes good in the wallet, but have it in your pocket when you're going out to dinner. And and you know, and if they don't have ginger tea, you have your ginger tea bag. Ginger kills bacteria right in the stomach. You can sip it before you eat, have some ginger tea after you eat. It's an amazing protection weapon um, method. You know, it's perfect. So these are these are some of the tricks that you have to do. Like I said, squeeze lemon on all your food too. That's an option too. Take a lemon to a restaurant. Take a lemon, okay? Because they might not have a lemon. Squeeze it on your salad. Squeeze it on your food. Um, now, um, lemon is always good with any raw dishes in a vegan restaurant, plant-based restaurant. It's always good to have lemon anyway. A lot of times, deliveries of food comes from a food truck, to plant-based neighborhoods, you know, not plant-based neighborhoods, but plant-based, um, you know, st- uh, restaurants. So what happens is the truck will have also meat, frozen meat, this, that, whatnot in there. Plus it'll have all the fruits and vegetables and, you know, and this happens in a lot in, in the cities, the cities, usually it happens and you're getting your drop off and you're getting your fruits and vegetables, but there could have been cross-contamination. So, in vegan vegetarian restaurants, I still would recommend cooked and not raw in those restaurants. Now, if you do raw in those restaurants, which could be okay, make sure you ask for lemon squeezed on things. It matters. And sea salt. Pinch of sea salt. It matters. And you can literally stop any kind of bacteria right in its tracks. Um, so these are just different options, but a lot of people, they don't have choices. They can't, you know, they, they end up in whatever restaurant they end up in because when you're with a pool of people and you're just going where everybody's going to go and no one wants to insult someone or no one wants to push someone too hard and you end up at some, any kind of dive, whatever it may be, you're going to be prepared. Now you bring the things you need, you bring your ginger tea, you bring your peppermint tea if they don't already have it. You know what to do with the lemon. You do the oregano oil capsule before eating out every time. It's such a good safety measure. It's not even funny. It's so good. It really can help. You know, if you do get sick, 
You know how to hydrate yourself carefully between it all. If you're that sick, you know you have to get to the hospital for an IV. And if you know, if you know these things, you can arm yourself and protect yourself when you're preparing, like I said, all the different meats and the chickens and everything in your own kitchens. Be careful. Be careful. You know, they I mean, I see it. Look, I see it with a cooking channel once in a while when I'm over a family member's house and they got the cooking show on and I'm standing there watching it. I see literally they just, you know, some of the chefs, they don't even they don't even wash their hands. They're playing around with raw chicken and they're running around playing around like like there's nothing wrong or nothing going on. And they're playing around with raw meat like there's nothing going on. Never have steak tartare or whatever that is, that whole raw meat thing. Um, that's a guaranteed way of, of, of possibly losing your life. Even if you've done it over the years and you've gotten away with it, there's times where we may not get away with it. Stories of people I've heard from people losing their lives, getting sick, doctors telling me about it and everything else from food poisoning is devastating. Lots of appendix Appendix operations, apodectomies, lots of those because of it. Lots of gallbladders removed because of it. Um, and a lot of ulcerative, ulcerative and, and uh, issues created because of it. A lot of damaged linings, intestinal tracts and colons. Um, it's no joke, but we can we can clean up. If you had food, food poisoning way in the past, a long time ago, anything you do, applying in any of these shows helps knock down bacteria helps knock down old bacteria whether it's old c diff sitting in there that's that's been just you know sitting around not doing much or you know anything strep strep gets in food too all these different streps get in food they're on animal products and everything when you go into the like i said when you go into the stores the stores the packaged animal products are loaded with almost virtually a dozen varieties of bacteria, MRSA being included and C. diff being included. So these are all the things to keep in mind. Does it mean stop eating animal products? No. If that's what you like to do, um, if that's what you feel is right, if that's what you subscribe to, It does it mean stop eating a raw salad You know, at a plant-based restaurant? If you're plant-based or vegan, whatever it is, no, you can do it. Just just take a lot of these measures. Be, you know, be on it. Be on it. And you can protect yourself and your family, and the whole bit. We're going to have to do a part two on this one someday. So uh, hang in there because I feel like I just scratched the surface. I feel like I've been swimming in scratching the surface, but haven't really pulled the whole thing together 100% with some of the information I still need to deliver to you. Know that I care. Know that I love you guys. I do. Just thank you for your support in any way possible. Thank you for actually taking the messages out, helping others like you do. Being that, becoming that expert. I really, really love you for it. And I really thank you for it. It chokes me up because I've seen so many of you do what you're doing, helping in so many ways. I absolutely adore you. Love you dearly. And uh, you got me, man. I'm with you. You got me. I'm, I'm, you're in my heart, okay? Lots of love. God bless you. Take care.